Hi there, do you have a dog that struggles with the environment sometimes? So maybe they are sensitive or reactive to other dogs, to people, to wildlife, to noises, to unexpected things in their environment. If you can say yes to any of those, I think you'll find my overreactivity solutions workshop really helpful. I break down the science behind what's happening in your dog's brain and why they're behaving the way they are. And then I give you some really concrete and actionable strategies that you can go away and do with your dog today. I will send you an email after you've completed the workshop with all of the links in there so you can watch the training games, see them in real life with a dog and then go and try them with your own dog. We've had so much amazing feedback about this workshop over the years. So if you think it's something that would be useful for you, go ahead and click the link in the show notes and grab yourself a space. Take care. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there everybody and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. We are on episode 45 so we are creeping up on that episode 50 mark. Thank you so much for all your lovely feedback about the podcast. We absolutely love doing it. Myself, I obviously record the episodes in the team behind me that helps to put everything together. We love it. It's a really, really important part of my business so I'm glad that it's helpful to lots of you. So today is part one in a two-part episode series, just a mini-series and they're very, very short and sweet episodes. So we're thinking initially today about what I recall, what I recall, what I call reward blocking. So some of you that have done my focus dog challenge will have heard me speak about this before. And this is really specific to foodie dogs. So if you have a dog that loves food, or if you have a dog that's obsessed by their toy, obsessed by their ball, this will be relevant to you. So what do I mean by a reward block? Well, a reward block is when we accidentally have the reward on show or we indicate to the dog in some way that the reward is coming. So the behavior that we are looking for from the dog actually gets interrupted because the reward is available too quickly. (laughs) So it's blocking the behavior that we're trying to achieve with the dog. And the reason that it's blocking the behavior is that because the dog is so excited or even obsessed in some cases by the sight of the reward or the predictor that the reward is coming that they aren't actually doing any learning (laughs) because in order to be able to learn both for dogs for people all kinds of animals we need our body and our mind to be in a place that's basically adequate for learning so we need to be able to be calm we need to be able to get information in to process it and to put information out if we're in a state of very high arousal either stress or excitement and in this case we're definitely talking excitement what happens is that we're not able to do that learning because our brain is too hyper focused on whatever it is that we're excited by So I'm going to give you a couple of examples so you can think about what this looks like in real life. So let's take initially, let's take a dog and you're trying to maybe train a trick. Let's say you're out and about in the park and you think, oh, I'm going to teach my dog a trick. I'm going to teach my dog to roll over, for example. 
that might be a trick for lots of people to teach their dogs. So you're deciding you're going to teach your dog to roll over. You think, right, okay, I've watched a YouTube video. I've figured out what, how I'm going to do it. And you think, I'm going to reward them with the ball. So when that, once I get that first step and they've achieved that first thing, I'm going to throw their ball for them as a reward. Okay, right. So you get the ball ready in your hand. So the ball's in your left hand, let's say, ready to go. And then you ask your dog to lie down and you use your right hand to try and bring them into a position on their side maybe maybe that's the first step you want to do to teach that roll over what happens well the dog has spotted that ball in your left hand so instead of lying down as you're asking them to do maybe they're leaping up trying to grab the ball or maybe they are lying down but staring intently at the ball and you're trying to get them to roll onto their side and they can't because they're craning their neck like are you gonna throw my ball are you gonna throw my ball where's my ball coming so what's happening is because that reward is present it's visible it's in sight it's blocking that learning process that dog is not learning how to roll over because they're too fixated on when is my ball going to be thrown so that's that's just one example. The other time I see this really often is in people that are working with dogs that are um, sensitive to the environment. So let's say you've got a dog that barks and lunges whenever they see a person they don't recognize and they're walking down the street. So Lots of people try to use a kind of desensitization process with this. So trying to use a marker or some food to try to pair the site of that trigger with some food. And there's lots and lots of methods for doing that, all various, various methods. Um, most of them use some kind of food reward. So let's say you're walking along and you spot that person coming, but your dog hasn't seen them yet. So you're like, oh, they're coming around the corner. I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to dip my hand in my treat bag ready so that when my dog sees that trigger, I can say my marker word or I can use the technique that I'm going to use and then I can feed them. So I'm creating that positive association with the person and the food. All makes wonderful sense, except if you've got a very food motivated dog and you dip your hand in that treat bag, I can guarantee you they know what that sounds like. <laughs> so you might be as gentle as possible inching your hand into that treat bag, but they've already whipped their head around. They're like, oh, treat, treat for me. Even worse, if you've got a rustly bag in there, if you're fumbling around trying to get things out of boxes, out of packets, all that kind of stuff. So what happens? Well, your dog will be looking at you and potentially at your hand <laughs> to see when that treat is coming, but they're not actually looking at that trigger at all. So you're not desensitizing them. You're not helping them to feel more comfortable with the trigger. You're simply distracting them. And I, as I always say, there's a time and a place for distraction and sometimes we need to do it and there's nothing wrong with that. But if actually what you're trying to do is desensitize your dog, but actually they're not really looking at that trigger because they're so focused on your hand and where that treat's coming from. From, you're not achieving what you're looking out to do you're not the dog's not learning there's no there's no change happening there at all and it's really easy to do this it's so easy because we're thinking one step ahead we're thinking of preparing ourselves getting our treats ready in our hands and all this kind of thing um but in that moment it's distracting from that learning process so what do we do how do we resolve this well quite simply what I would do in that latter example in the example of the dog that's triggered by people I would have my treat pouch I would have always three or four treats in my hand ready to go 
So I might be rewarding my dog for relaxed lead walking. I might be rewarding my dog for responding to their name. And then when I see a trigger, I might be rewarding my dog for looking at and processing that trigger, for example. But because I've always got a few things ready in my hand, I don't need to dip my hand into that pouch at that moment because I'm already prepared and ready to go. Also, my dog's going to get used to me constantly putting my hand in and restocking my palm. (laughs) So actually, they're not going to be as like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? I mean, some might be my Staffordor. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he probably would. But it doesn't matter because it still means that I'm not putting my hand in that exact moment into that treat pouch and disrupting that behavior and that learning. Exactly the same with the toy example, teaching a dog to roll over. Well, actually, leave your toy in your pocket, leave that ball in your pocket, do whatever it is that you're teaching. And then when they've done it, what a clever dog, hand goes in the pocket, pulls out the ball or the toy and we play. So it's just about your timing. And so much of successful dog training is about timing. This is why I always bang on to my canine connection students, film your training, film your training. Even if you show no one but yourself, what it will do is it will allow you to see, oh, you know what, actually, (laughs) I think I was reward blocking my dog in that moment. That's why they were struggling. That's why we're not moving forward and not progressing. Okay, so next episode, we're going to be talking about body blocks, which is the sister or brother of uh, reward blocking. And that is thinking about how our positioning can be blocking learning and blocking behavior as well. Okay, I hope that short and sweet episode was helpful. If it was, and you know someone who would benefit from it, please, please do feel welcome to share it with your friends and family. Really appreciate it. And as I always say, it helps us to reach more dogs and their people. That's it for today. Take care, guys. Bye. Just before you go, don't forget if you have got a dog that's very sensitive or reactive to the environment to go ahead into the show notes and click the link to access my overreactivity solutions workshop. Loads of great strategies and tips that you can get going with your dog today. Take care.